Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 81. Is good, she said. She lifted the window and clambered barefoot out onto the fire escape. A freezing wind blew through the window. Something was bothering Shadow, but he did not know what it was. He hesitated, then pulled on his sweater, socks, and shoes, and followed her out onto the rusting fire escape. She was waiting for him. His breath steamed in the chilly air. He watched her bare feet pad up the icy metal steps and followed her up to the roof. The wind gusted cold, flattening her nightgown against her body, and Shadow became uncomfortably aware that Zoria Pulichnaya wasn't wearing nothing at all underneath. You don't mind the cold, he said as they reached the top of the fire escape, and the wind whipped his words away. Sorry. She bent her face close to his. Her breath was sweet. I said, the cold doesn't bother you? In reply, she held up a finger. Wait. She stepped lightly over the side of the building and onto the flat roof. Shadow stepped over a little more clumsily and followed her across the roof to the shadow of the water tower. There was a wooden bench waiting for them there, and she sat down on it, and he sat down beside her. The water tower acted as a windbreak, for which Shadow was grateful. The lights of the city smudged the sky with yellow, swallowing half the stars he had been able to see from the open country. Still, he could see the Big Dipper and the North Star, and he found the three stars of Orion's belt, which allowed him to see Orion, which he always saw as a man running to kick a football. No, she said, the cold does not bother me. This time is my time. I could no more feel uncomfortable in the night than a fish could feel uncomfortable in the deep water. You must like the night, said Shadow, wishing that he had said something wiser, more profound. My sisters are of their times. Zori Uchernyaya is of the dawn, in the old country, she would wake to open the gates and let our father drive his... I forget the word. Like a car, but with horses? Chariot? And that's our page. So I didn't note it on the previous page, and I should have, because I've been making notes of a lot of those moments, but uh, Zoria Polishnaya referred to, or said that Shadow was called Shadow. So it's another example of of someone using that particular vernacular. And I, I think I'm harping on this a lot, and I think it's because it annoys me when I read books that someone is called this, because are they called that or are they named that? And it's, it's, it is a minor difference, but it still bugs me. And within the context of this novel, though, there is a certain discussion to be had over names and what names mean and how names have power. So to have a character say you are called Shadow instead of named Shadow, I think it's significant. This page begins with the catchphrase that we get from these characters is good. It shows up a lot and Chernobog continues to use it, I believe, pretty much through the novel as we meet him again and again. Most of the page is motion. Zoria Pulishnaya climbs right out. Shadow hesitates and puts on all his layers first. And I know we get a little explanation down the page, but I think it's funny that she's just in her nightgown and hops right out barefoot and just heads up to the roof. If we as a reader needed any more hints that we're dealing with a supernatural figure, I think this would kind of nip that. I don't remember my first read enough to to make that connection, but there's there's certainly something certainly something different about these these sisters and Chernobog. The Zoria definitely stand out in the novel, and it also occurs to me, and I don't think I've pointed it out yet, but this is another instance of a trio of women. We have the mother, 
who would be Zoria Utrinaya, I guess. The maiden would be Zoria Polishnaya here. The crone would be Zoria Vetrinaya, of course. So it's another instance within the novel and within Neil Gaiman's works where we have a trio of women who fit that triple goddess sort of situation. I may have made a note of it further down. I made a mental note of it at least, though, so I'm glad I remembered that. Shadow sitting on the roof with Azoria Polishnaya, he notes that he can still see the Big Dipper and the North Star, but the city washing out a lot of the other stars that he would be able to see when he was still in Eagle Point. The North Star is known as Polaris. Though it's called the North Star, it's actually a dual system, yellow supergiant known as Polaris AA, in orbit with a companion star known as Polaris AB, and then there's a third star, that's right, third star, three-star system. Both of them orbit a third star named Polaris B. There's a number of ways I could look closely at that and associate back to the book. There's AA and AB, which are similar to Chernobog and Bielobog in their dual nature. To the naked and untrained eye, they seem to be one star, but if you look closely with a telescope, I imagine you would notice that there are two different stars there. Then there is also a triple star system tied back into the Zorias and also into the mythology of the three who are one sort of situation all over again. Shadow also mentions that he can see the three stars that consist of Orion's belt, the three stars Alnitak, the girdle, Alninil, oh, Alnilam, the sapphire, and Mintaka the Belt. It's another trio, much like the Zoria, but I think that is more of a coincidence than anything else. Orion has quite a long mythological history, appearing as a great hunter in Homer's Odyssey. He was eventually killed by a scorpion, raised into heavens as a constellation. What's curious is that the constellation itself actually rides the celestial equator, so it's visible in almost all parts of the world. So this would be a constellation that was visible to the Zorias and Chernobog in their original land in uh, Slovakia. Shadow's becoming more infatuated with Zorya Polishnaya as the chapter wears on. Here he makes an innocuous comment and then kind of kicks himself that he should have been more profound. And once again, it seems very off-putting to me that Shadow's just kind of well, I was going to say moon-eyed at her. Maybe that's it. Hmm. Well, I've given myself something to think about, at least. Uh, we also, at the bottom of the page, get an idea of what the Zoria's function was in the old country. They would open the gate for their father, who moved the sun much like Helios would in Greek mythology, tied to the back of his chariot. So, uh, Zoria Ushinaya would open it in the dawn, and Zoria... No, wait. Do I have it backwards? I think I have it backwards. Anyway, one of the Zoria would open it when he left in the morning, and then the other would open it when he arrived in the evening. But for Zoria Pulishnaya, what was her role? And we'll get into that on tomorrow's episode. You can get in touch with us at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.